Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Megan Wright. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, we will speak with Mel Rieke, Member Relations Manager at Grain Farmers of Ontario, and Anna Stubbings, who was our Grain Discovery Zone Ambassador in 2019. We will also get an update from Barry Senth, CEO of Grain Farmers of Ontario. First, a Grain Talk news update. Registration is now open for the 2020 March Classic, taking place on Tuesday, March 24th at RBC Place in London, Ontario. This year, the conference is especially important to Grain Farmers of Ontario as we are celebrating 10 years of being Ontario's largest commodity organization and 10 years of March Classic conferences. The theme is Marching Ahead, which acknowledges the legacy of work and care Ontario's grain farmers and the agriculture industry have as farmers build sustainable businesses and find new ways to produce food in a way that benefits the people and the planet. Register today to see the first Canadian taping of the U.S. Farm Report with host Tyne Morgan and hear from speakers Jim Hanman and Rona Ambrose. Register for the 2020 March Classic by January 31st for your chance to win a Grain Farmers of Ontario 10-year prize pack. Please visit gfo.ca slash marchclassic to register and for more information. The Ontario Cereal Crop Committee held its annual Quality Subcommittee and Main Committee meetings on January 20th and 21st in Guelph. The meetings were attended by Dr. Josh Cowan, Manager of Research and Innovation, and Matthew Serzinski, Research Lead on behalf of Grain Farmers of Ontario. The Ontario Cereals Crop Committee acts as the recommending body to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency for cereal variety registration in Ontario. Each year, the Quality Subcommittee reviews quality data for candidate varieties submitted to OCCC for registration support in Ontario. The main committee then reviews the Quality Subcommittee report as well as disease and agronomy data and decides which candidate cereal varieties to support for registration in Ontario. This year, four new winter wheat varieties and four new two-row barley varieties receive support for registration in Ontario. Of the wheat varieties receiving support for registration, one soft red winter variety was developed by the University of Guelph Wheat Breeding Program, and one soft red winter variety was developed by the University of Guelph Ridgetown Campus Breeding Program. Grain Farmers of Ontario supports both the University of Guelph and Ridgetown Campus wheat breeding programs. And now, here's my conversation with Mel Rieke. Joining me on the podcast today, I have Mel Rieke, our Member Relations Manager. How are you, Mel? Very well, thank you. So Mel joined Grain Farmers of Ontario in the role of Member Relations Manager last February. Uh, so you're coming up on almost one year with the organization. So for any of our listeners who haven't had the chance to meet you yet, let's find out a little more about you. So where did you grow up and did you come from any sort of farming operation? Yes, I did. Uh, I grew up on a small mixed farm near Clarksburg, Ontario. Uh, We had a few beef cows, some cash crop, and hay ground. So growing up on a farm, did you always plan to work in agriculture? Like, did you love the farm growing up? Uh, Most certainly. I think I've always been involved in the ag community. So from a young age through work at home and um, my time with the 4-H program growing up, I just don't think I ever pictured myself doing anything but. So then where did you start at? Where did you go to school? 
after high school, I went and attended Ridgetown College, where I received my diploma in agriculture. And what happened after Ridgetown? Where did your career start out? Lots. Uh, not too long after I graduated college, I moved out to Saskatchewan. I uh, ended up working with Pioneer Grain and Sass Wheat Pool and ultimately Viterra. I worked within the country elevator system uh, throughout Saskatchewan as well as head office and truck logistics department. Uh, in 2012, I switched gears to the beef industry and took a position with the Canadian Charlet Association. Uh, I relocated to Calgary where I ended up managing the association for a few years. That sounds interesting. So you did a bit of work in the seed industry and then with beef. So what did you find like the differences between those or did you find you liked one more than the other? Uh, I think each industry has its own pluses and minuses. Um, But I think having worked in both the the grain and beef industries, I can take my experiences from each and apply it into what I'm doing now. Yeah. So what kind of things from those roles led you into this role with Grain Farmers of Ontario? Uh, I think... One of the biggest things I found was GFO was a well-respected organization. Um, I was drawn to the member relations role because I'd still be working direct with farmer members. Another obvious drawing card was the fact that it was back in the home province of Ontario. So with those things drawing you to this role and now having been in it for almost a year, what does your role entail and what have you enjoyed most about it? Well, most of my role entails communicating with farmer members and delegates. Um, I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse on what's happening out in the country um, and keep that communication open between the office and our delegates and farmer members. So what are some of the like activities that you do in your role? I know January is a bit of a busy month for you, so what have you been up to? January has been very busy. Uh, January is a time when all of our districts, so the 15 districts, host their annual district meeting. So over a couple weeks span, I made it to 10 of the 15 district meetings. 10 meetings. Wow. So you're all over the province. All over. (laughs) Yep. Essex and Chatham right up to New Liskard. Uh, So what are some of, what's your role in organizing these meetings? I know that the local committees have a lot to do with them and organizing the logistics of it. So what exactly do you do with those district meetings? Uh, In addition to just some general preparation, uh, we need to know how many delegates we have from each district coming on for the the upcoming year, Um, so we organize all that. So in addition to general preparation before the meetings, uh, one of my biggest responsibilities was to prepare and run the elections at the meetings where I was present. So you mentioned the number of delegates within each district. So how is that determined? Because I know one of our districts um, it changed the number of delegates this year. Yeah, so it takes an average um, production for each area over the last number of years. So it's a rolling average of production throughout um, the district that determines the amount of delegates. And then we always have 150 delegates? 150 delegates, yes. So after all those district meetings and all those elections, um, how overall, how do you think your first round of district meetings went? Overall, I feel the meetings went really well. Uh, members are engaged and pleased with what Grain Farmers of Ontario is doing on their behalf. Well, that's awesome. And if most of them were pleased, were there any concerns or comments that members had? Yeah, probably um, of most concern was the impact of the carbon tax, the need for a trade war fund, and the business risk management programs. So what were some of the more positive things you heard from our members about things that we've done over the past year? I think the entire annual meeting process in itself is positive feedback. Attendance was good across the province, and our farmer members are appreciative of all the work that GFO is doing on their behalf. So what did you find most beneficial about attending these meetings, having it be your first round and still only about a year into the job meeting all these members? 
Uh, I would say the most beneficial part of attending so many of the annual district meetings was the ability to meet more of our farmer members and delegates and listen to what their concerns and areas of focus are. So now how will you continue to stay connected with all of our members throughout the rest of the year? I plan to keep in touch by attending their district meetings throughout the year. Um, Each district can hold up to four meetings in a year. Uh, So I plan to make as many of those uh, meetings as I can. And then just attending various events around the province, so whether that's farm shows or school programs. Uh, In addition, my line is always open for our farmer members and they can reach out at any time. So you'll be doing a lot of driving all throughout the year across Ontario. So another big event that we're actually organizing together in January, it's a crazy month, um, is Grains in Action. So let's talk a little bit about that. Do you want to explain what the program's all about? Yeah, so the Grains in Action program is geared towards our younger farmer members. Um, It allows them the opportunity to learn about the broader grain industry in the province, as well as the opportunity to network with like-minded individuals. So why do you think it's important to run a program like this for younger people in the industry? I feel it's extremely important to provide our farmer members with the opportunity to expand their learning. Uh, We want them to see what's beyond their fence posts and take any of that education back to their operations and apply it where applicable. And it's a great way to get young people involved in our organization as well, get some younger faces out at those district meetings, for example. Yes. So what facilities and uh, end use systems will we be learning about and touring on the trip? This year, there's a little bit of a change to the regular program. Uh, We're going to start out with industry partner presentations. Uh, We'll head on down and tour at Sarnia Grain Terminal and take in Suncor's ethanol plant. Uh, We're going to tour ADM in Windsor before heading over to Hiram Walker. And we're going to round Wednesday off with researcher presentations at Ridgetown College. Uh, For the final day, we're taking a tour through P&H's flour mill in Acton before hearing from the department managers here at GFO. Since this is your first time on the tour, which stop are you most excited about? I've been on the various industry tours throughout my career, but I haven't had the opportunity to learn much about the spirits industry, so Hiram Walker is right up there in the list of anticipated highlights. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones I'm most looking forward to as well. And I think the flour mill of P&H, that'll be interesting too, something different. So what are some key ideas or learnings that you're hoping um, participants will take away from this trip? You mentioned that you've been on industry tours, so... Some things that you've learned that you hope that our participants will also take away from this program. I really hope that participants get a broader sense for the grain industry Ontario and its diverse properties on how we feed the world. As well, I really hope that participants take full advantage of the networking opportunity that exists by participating. It's important to take an active role in your own life and surround yourself with the tools and people that help you succeed. So building a network, I feel, is part of that process. So the spots are all full for this year's program. We've got 32 participants, which is very exciting. Uh, So how can listeners get on the list for next year if they're interested? So um, at any time throughout the year, if anyone is interested in participating um, now for 2021, um, you can email myself or Megan Wright um, at GFO. We usually have a starter list for the following year because interest is generally so high for the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually already have a starter list started. I think there's two names on it so far for next year, which is awesome. So are there any other programs you have coming up this year you want to mention or where our farmer members will be able to reach you in the coming year or meet you? Uh, Coming up in November, we'll be hosting a women's symposium. Uh, This is meant to draw on our female farmer members and encourage them to get involved while providing a platform for learning and networking. Uh, Dates aren't finalized yet, so we'll be keeping you posted on that. 
And then if our farmer members want to meet you, I guess you will be attending some of our farm shows coming up. Yeah, for sure. The Ottawa Farm Show, London Farm Show, uh, March Classic for sure. So plan to keep the date open for March 24th in London. Awesome. Well, it was great chatting with you, Mel, and I hope our farmers got to learn a little bit more about you and what you do. Uh, So thanks for taking time out of your busy January schedule to sit with me. You bet. You're most welcome. Joining me on the podcast today, I have Anna Stubbings. Anna was our Grain Discovery Zone ambassador for the summer and fall of 2019, taking our Grain Discovery Zone trailer all around Ontario to different fairs and events. So we were lucky enough to keep her around for a few extra months to help with our district meetings as well as a few other things. And now this is her final week with Grain Farmers of Ontario. So Anna, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. So we'll start with a little bit about you. So where did you grow up and did you come from an agricultural background? Yes, so I'm from District 14, which is Stormont, Dundas, and Glengarry, so just south of Ottawa. I'm from a little town called Winchester, um, and I grew up on a small farm with sheep, horses, and beef cows, and both my parents worked in jobs related to agriculture, and my extended family also runs a large farm, so it's kind of in my blood. All right, makes sense. So then where did you go to school and what did you study? I went to the University of Guelph and just graduated in the spring of 2019 with a Bachelor's of Commerce in Marketing Management. So that's not directly related to agriculture. So did you always hope to end up getting a job in agriculture, just more on the marketing side of things? Um, So actually, as I was growing up, I wanted to get as far away from the farm as possible. I only saw the work that was related to agriculture. I never saw kind of how lucky I was or how great of an industry it was. Um, And then I went away to university in Guelph, which is only about an hour away from Toronto. So I ended up getting dormed with a bunch of urban individuals and saw how big of a divide there was between consumers and where I grew up in a farming rural area. And that kind of solidified that I wanted to work in agriculture and wanted to teach people. Um, So even though my studies didn't necessarily reflect that, I did take a lot of communications courses and marketing courses and a few agricultural electives. So what were some of your other summer jobs before this position? Uh, So throughout high school uh, in my very small town, there were very limited options. (laughs) Um, So I worked at our small town pharmacy uh, where I got to talk to a lot of uh, people in the area. And then once I went away to university, uh, my first summer job was actually working for the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, and I helped with uh, some field crop research. So I worked for a a soil specialist and a crop system specialist, just doing a bunch of research on common Ontario crops. Um, And then the summer of 2018, I actually worked for a organization called NAV Canada, and NAV Canada, uh, they control the airspace above Canada and all of the air traffic controllers that pilots talk to while they're in flight. I did operations analysis for them, so a lot of data processing. Well, those sound very interesting. Definitely very different than this role and different from each other. So what drew you to the role of the Green Discovery Zone ambassador? So my mom actually showed me the posting. Um, She is a farmer member that pays checkoff fees, so she subscribes to the weekly e-newsletter and saw the job posting and sent it to me. (laughs) Um, And I saw that it was the job involved talking to consumers about grains, and that kind of aligned with what I had experienced when I went to Guelph and met people from the urban area that didn't know about farming. That that really aligned with what I wanted to do and my future aspirations. Um, And then I also saw that the position 
uh, involved a lot of travel around Ontario, so it's pretty hard to turn down traveling around our province. And then lastly, the posting uh, really presented an opportunity. Uh, they wanted a lot of social media and technical skills and communication skills. So even though I did have those skills, uh, this was a, a chance to just improve them. That's awesome. So give us a short description of what the whole job entailed and kind of what you did on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. So I have been the Grain Discovery Zone ambassador since April. Um, So what I did was I drove the Grain Discovery Zone educational trailer. Uh, For those who have not seen the trailer, it's an 18-foot long trailer that we pull with the GFO pickup trucks. And it goes along to different events and fairs throughout the province uh, starting in May every weekend until mid-October. And then some ad hoc events in between. And what it does is one side of the trailer folds down and it's actually a giant corn box. So kids come and play in the corn with tractors and farm implements and they get to learn about farming and all the hard work that our farmers do and some of the things that, you know, corn and soybean get made into. And while I'm talking to the kids, what I'm really doing is talking to the parents. So answering any questions that they have about farming, um, about eating grains, the kind of hot topics like GMOs, pesticides, ethanol, answer lots of questions about that. And then good news is the trailer actually gets more requests than it's able to attend. There's just not enough time in the summer. Um, So I'm also responsible for sending out displays and materials to events that we can't go to. And then as Megan mentioned, I also go to the district meetings, um, other farming events like the outdoor farm show, the plowing match, and then other urban events like the CNE, and the Gourmet Food and Wine Show, so just kind of helping out our communications team. That's awesome. Sounds very busy, especially every weekend of the summer. So what did you enjoy most about the position? So I got to be outside and travel all across Ontario. Growing up in eastern Ontario by Ottawa, I had never really been further south than Guelph for school, so I got to travel quite a bit. I got to see, you know, I got to go to Leamington, which has totally different agriculture from where I grew up in, and it was very interesting to see. And I got to go up north for the plowing match this year, which was in between Sudbury and North Bay. So lots and lots of travel. And then I also got to be on the front lines of agriculture. So I got to watch people change their perspectives from, oh, maybe agriculture is not that great thing. And then after talking to me, deciding that, you know, agriculture is great. Uh, So when I first took this job, um, a couple of people in my small town would say, I don't see the point, like city people don't always want to learn, they're just, they just want to look on Facebook and be in their bubble. And although that's true for some people, I got to see firsthand that people's perspectives can change and people are happy to learn about agriculture. And even though the most opinionated people speak the loudest, the majority of the population do want to learn and I got to see that this summer. That's awesome. So what did you find most challenging about the position? Um, towing an 18-foot trailer in windy southwestern Ontario. Um, No, but kind of going back to that last question um, and those really opinionated people, I did find it challenging to accept that some people you just can't change their minds. Um, It was essentially hard to kind of give up and just agree to disagree with them when I was so passionate in what I was talking about. But at the end of the day, I just kind of had to realize that I was essentially wasting my time when there were other people that genuinely wanted to learn. Um, So it was kind of hard to accept that. It was also very difficult to eat fair hamburgers and french fries every day for six months. Yeah, very healthy diet that you had over the summer. Uh, So kind of continuing on with that, talking to consumers and some of those more opinionated people or even just people who really have like no clue what goes on in agriculture. 
What were some of the most interesting questions you got asked? Um, so kind of the most interesting questions were people talking about like very specific things that they had seen on Facebook or documentaries that you just kind of had no idea where that argument was coming from. Like people saying that there were pesticides and vaccines and I just had no idea where that would come from or how they would think that. Um, so that was kind of a very interesting thing that I wouldn't expect. Um, also, a lot of people asked how they could become farmers. Like I would be in the middle of Toronto downtown and talking to people and someone would come up and ask for my advice on how to become a farmer and what they could do to purchase land and start farming. And I was really surprised because, you know, Statistics Canada says that the number of farmers is actually decreasing and I was just caught off guard and, you know, that's not the easiest way to, or not the easiest question to answer because, you know, it's hard to become a farmer. It takes a lot of work and unfortunately a lot of money. (laughs) So it was a very hard question to answer and one that I was very surprised to get. Um, Another kind of odd question I would get would be someone would come up to my trailer and would describe kind of a specialty crop like ginseng or something like that that I'm not very familiar with and they would kind of just give me some features and I would kind of have to guess what plant it was. Um, So that was always kind of an interesting one to answer. I remember when we were up in Werner at the International Plowing Match, someone said, like, when I was driving up here, I saw this crop. It looked like this in the field. Like, what was it? And I'm like, I am not a crop expert. I'm not totally sure. That doesn't really sound like one of our crops, at least. So it's always interesting. So uh, continuing on that question, um, what questions did you get asked most often? So again, kind of surprising to me because doing this job, I did see that there was a very big divide between consumers and farmers. Um, But despite this, a lot of consumers actually noticed that this year was a tough year for farmers. Um, I don't have to remind farmers that after the spring, summer, and harvest we had. But a lot of far- a lot of consumers did ask me about it. In the spring, a lot of people asked me about the rain and how it was impacting our planting dates and how farmers were able to handle it. And then during the uh, CN rail strike, I got some questions about that and about the carbon tax too and about how farmers are handling things like that. And then with the tough harvest we've had, I was at a fair Thanksgiving weekend in October and at the beginning of harvest and consumers were already asking how we are affected. I remember it was brutally cold. Uh, We had had a killing frost at that point, and a lot of soybeans were still out and were behind. And consumers did actually notice that this was a problem. So that was a really, really common question that I got was just how farmers are doing with a rather difficult season. And then kind of along the same lines again, um, a lot of farm or a lot of consumers, excuse me, wanted to know what was growing. So luckily we have a display in our trailer that shows all of the crops common to Ontario and what they look like during the different growth stages. So that was actually a really easy question to answer, but it was very, very common. That's awesome. It's good to know that consumers notice things like the weather and then think of farmers, or at least some of them do. So what do you think is the most common misconception people have about grains or grain farming after all your experience of talking to consumers? So unfortunately, there is a long list of misconceptions I could go into. You know, you spend 10 minutes on social media and you read a lot of fake news and there's no shortage of uh, misconceptions. And this is definitely an uphill battle that we're in. The most common misconception I got this summer was that we were only growing grains for animal food. A lot of people don't notice that the products that grain farming goes into 
So barley going into pet food, corn going into gas and alcohol and diapers, oats going into hand creams and breakfast cereals, soybeans into crayons and mayonnaise and lipstick. You know, people just don't understand how much agriculture affects them. So talking to people, that was a really big eye-opening point for them. And then, of course, those hot topics like GMOs and pesticides. And I got a lot about the environment, um, which I was not surprised about. But, you know, bad news always leads and people like to talk about the bad aspects of agriculture. So it was just about reminding them about the good things that agriculture can do for the environment. And usually people were very, very uh, optimistic and perceptive to that information. That's good. So then continuing with those misconceptions, and you mentioned like Facebook and some Netflix documentaries. Uh, So where do you think that or where did it seem like most consumers were getting their information about food and farming from? So unfortunately, a lot of it was coming from online. Um, So things like the social media news even. uh, And yeah, the Netflix documentaries, which was surprising to me that that would be what they consider an accurate source. But a lot of kids actually got their information from schools. Uh, Kids learn about plants fairly early on in biology. um, So I'm really glad that grain farmers and a lot of other commodities have school programs that help kids get the right information. And at the end of the day, the most trustworthy source is word of mouth. People get their information from their family and their friends, and they trust that more than social media. So I think it's important for us and other commodities to get out there and talk to people and spread the good, the good word of mouth. That's good. That's good advice that we can definitely all do. So what were your biggest takeaways or learnings from this job? Um, so kind of mentioned earlier that you know, it is an uphill battle um, and that the divide is bigger than I thought. And, you know, a big takeaway for me is solidifying that this is something I want to spend my career doing and helping to fix. And I think as farmers, we're very perseverant. I mean, look at this growing season. Um, And we need to preserve, persevere with the public as well. We need to keep showing them how good agriculture is. So then with that, what advice would you give to the next Grain Discovery Zone ambassador? I would let them know that it is a great job and a good place to work and that everyone in the office is very passionate about agriculture and it's a great place to be. And then not to stress too much about talking to people. You know, if a conversation with an activist goes poorly, don't let it ruin your day. There are thousands of people that want to learn and want to support agriculture. And that works for everyone in agriculture, not just the future Grain Discovery Zone ambassador. You know, there's always bad apples, but that doesn't mean that the whole orchard is bad. That's really good advice. And for anyone that is interested in the Grain Discovery Zone ambassador position, because Anna's really selling it today, we will be posting that job shortly. So stay tuned on our website. So what will you miss most about working at Grain Farmers of Ontario since it is your last week? Of course, other than your awesome colleagues in the communications department. So I was actually going to give a shout out (laughs) to my awesome colleagues in the communications uh, team and the rest of the office as well. Um, You know, I've been part of the communications team for the past nine or ten months, and I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, And just talking to people out on the road and getting a chance to see people from all different parts of the province and different parts of the background. And all of us just trying to achieve a common goal of being educated and knowing about the world. So if any of our listeners are interested in having the Grain Discovery Zone at their next event in the summer or fall of this year, um, how can they do that? Um, For all those people that are interested in having the Grain Discovery Zone trailer um, or any of our displays or material at their events, uh, they can go to our website, goodinevrygrain.ca, and click on the events offering page or send an email to graindiscovery at gfo.ca. 
Um, we're taking the request now until April. Um, so for your best chance, contact us sooner than later. If it's after April and you still want uh, to send a request, you absolutely can, but our schedule may have already been set. And for those people who are looking to know where the trailer will be, because it's definitely something you should check out and see if it's coming to your area, once we make our schedule in April, we post a calendar on gfo.ca slash events. Awesome. Well, that was a lot of great information, and thank you for sitting down with me today, Anna. Um, we'll definitely miss you here in the office, and all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Joining me on the podcast today, I have our CEO, Barry Semp. Thanks for joining me today, Barry. Thank you, Megan. So we just wrapped up all of our district meetings for this year, and so that means wrapped up your final round of district meetings. I did indeed. So how many meetings did you get to this year, and how did they go? I think I got to six meetings. Um, I think they went quite well. I think, you know, the uh, issues that are top of mind for members are not surprising. Farm income, uh, trade issues, uh, added cost to production, i.e. the carbon tax on uh, grain drying. So uh, our farmers had concern on those issues, rightfully so. And it was good to be reporting back to them that, you know, those are the organization's top issues to be uh, addressing on their behalf. So all in all, good, good attendance and good discussion. So good all round. So how did it feel attending those district meetings for the last time after 10 years of doing that? Well, it was uh, interesting. I think at uh, District 15 was my last meeting, New Lisker, last week. And I think I uh, counted up that I'd likely roughly attended 85 of those meetings over the uh, course of 10 years. Uh, the first couple of years, I used to do uh, all 15 myself. And uh, until somebody thought about splitting this up, which is a godsend, I tell you. I don't think I could have kept that up for much longer. But no, it was um, it was great to see uh, farmers back in their own uh, in their own environment and have visits uh, with them about the current issues and then reminisce. So it was uh, it was good. And you'll probably really miss driving all across Ontario in January, right? Well, you know, it's it's funny, Megan, that we not once in those, uh, and actually it's 10 years that we're celebrating, but 11th round of meetings, that we didn't cancel one because of weather. Some of the roads, I tell you, got pretty tough some nights and days, but never canceled one uh, one of those 15 meetings throughout those 11 round of meetings. So, uh, well, that's pretty good. And, and I tell you, I still enjoy driving through Ontario, seeing the uh, uniqueness of the province. You know, you drive through uh, to New Lisker and you drive through, uh, you know, four hours of rock and then all of a sudden they op open grain fields. So uh, I, I very much enjoyed touring around the province. Yeah, this year's weather actually was pretty good. There wasn't any close calls, so no, good. That's good. So another event we have coming up. So at those district meetings, a lot of concerns were definitely around government relations. Yep. Uh, so we have our federal reception coming up on February 5th. So what's the purpose or goal of that event? Well, especially this year, it's important because we have uh, a lot of new MPs. Uh, we have uh, the same government, only it's under a minority environment. And so it's our opportunity to get to meet some of the MPs that have returned, including our Ag Minister, uh, Minister Bebo, 
uh, and Minister has just confirmed this uh, earlier this week that she will be attending the reception. And it's just an opportunity, whether they're returning or whether they're new MPs, is to enlighten them on the uh, on the issues that our farmers are facing and those issues that I mentioned that were raised through the district meetings. So uh, especially important, Feb 5th, they're still new. And again, an opportunity for GFO and our partners in, uh, in hosting the event and getting across to them issues that are important to grain farmers. A great opportunity to connect with them in a Absolutely. somewhat casual setting. Absolutely. And then our March Classic is coming up on March 24th. So what are some exciting things that people can look forward to for that event? Well, I think in the news these days, uh, yesterday, Rona Ambrose just uh, announced that she wasn't uh, running for uh, leadership of the Conservative Party. Rona Ambrose is one of our keynote speakers for the day. So it'll be interesting either way, maybe a little more interesting if she had announced that um, she was running. But I think... You know, that'll be uh, key to that day. It'll be very interesting. Farmers are always interested in uh, hearing about politics and in this particular uh, issue, trade, which is really of importance to our farmers. Uh, U.S. Farm Report's going to be uh, reporting live first time that they've done that in uh, the Canadian environment. So I think we've got just another great day lined up for farmers in the industry to be attending. And then it's also our some 10-year celebrations, 10 years of GFO, 10 years of March Classic. So that'll be exciting. Absolutely. It's an opportunity for uh, those that have been involved in the past in the formation of the organization to come and celebrate that night and uh, reminisce, uh, swap stories about what's occurred over the last 10 years and, uh, and look forward to the next 10 years. So, although that, again, given my uh, retirement April 1st, shortly after that, will be somebody else's uh, time to be doing that and responsibility. Yeah, so that'll be one of your final events with us. So what do you think these last few months will look like for you? Well, I'm trying to, uh, I think it's, if it's been like it's up to today, it's full speed ahead yet. And uh, it's funny, my wife was asking me the other day if I was slowing down, and I haven't been. I'm trying to slow down, and, and the transition to the new CEO is um, smooth, and so that some of the decisions are left to that uh, new person to be making as time goes forward on some of these issues. So I intend to uh, watch closely on what issues are being dealt with, and uh, with uh, with that in mind, that uh, it'll be somebody else's uh, role in a, in a couple of months, and uh, I need to be aware of that. But uh, it'll be different, no question about it. All right. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Barry. No problem. Always enjoy it. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Mel Rieke, Anna Stubbings, and Barry Senth. If you like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.